Welcome in, I am Farzine Vasugi and this is the Chief Zone Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed your Saturday as the Chiefs have concluded their third preseason contest. And now here they are, one preseason game left and... With that, it'll be the regular season. So we are inching closer and closer to the regular season and Kansas City's first game in Jacksonville. Uh, obviously going to recap the game between the Chiefs and the 49ers. The Chiefs starters didn't play as much as we ex- had expected in a typical dress rehearsal preseason game. But still, we saw some good things from the starting offense, the starting defense. Bit of a mix-up there. Some good, some bad. We'll talk about all of that. I'll give you guys my take on this preseason. What have I been disappointed with the most? Who are some of the players that I was looking forward to seeing that haven't really produced in this preseason? Talk about that. And... Also, the big news in the NFL with Andrew Luck. Uh, I do want to touch on that shortly. Uh, I am going solo on this episode. Zach Senga is out for the weekend. Facebook.com slash Farzivusugin. That is my Facebook page. Give it a like and follow me on Facebook. You can also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. The voicemail slash text line, 913-808-2119. And also make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and sharing the Links to the episodes uh, through iTunes or Apple Podcasts, rather, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean. Real quickly, before we move on with the uh, Chiefs game against the 49ers, I did want to touch on this uh, Andrew Luck news. Uh, and I, and I, I'll get into it more later this week. Uh, but I just want to say this. Uh, for those who haven't heard, I'd be shocked if... You have not heard this by now, but Andrew Luck has announced that he is retiring from football. Now, the news, the timing of this was really odd. It actually came during Indianapolis' preseason game, which was at the same uh, time as the Chiefs' preseason game. Uh, So, the timing was weird. The way Adam Schefter got the scoop on that, I have no idea how exactly he came about that. But uh, word got out, and the Colts were actually not anticipating him having to do a press conference, but he did so anyway uh, right after the game. He was actually planning to do it on Sunday, uh, but uh, he went for it. He had a speech prepared, which was interesting, but not the whole point. Here's what I want to say about that real quickly, and again, I'll get into it a little bit later. Some of the injuries that he has gone through is brutal, but let me just say this. Everybody knows, even the most casual football fan knows, that this guy's dealt with a lot in his career uh, physically, I mean, he has taken a massive toll uh, with his body in his NFL career. Uh, first couple of seasons went great, but after that, man, it was pretty tough for him to, to stay on the football field. And again, I, I don't know exactly how his his retirement was announced. By the time this podcast is out, I, I think maybe some of those details ha- ha- will have come out. I didn't get a chance to see the entire press conference, but... Here's what I'm going to say, because a lot of people are criticizing Andrew Luck for retiring halfway through the preseason, essentially. Listen, man, if you're done, you're done. You know, it's almost like a relationship. If, you know, you might you may have been with someone for five years, but if your partner does not want to be with you, then they, 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 they just don't want to be with you. And why... 
would you want to force him to want to be with you? Why would you want to force Andrew Luck to fight through all the damn pain he's dealing with? Uh, I mean, there's just no realistic way for him to continue. I, I don't blame him one bit. Listen, for the for, uh, Colts fans are complete morons. I mean, you want to talk about some of the dumbest fan bases in the NFL or in all of sports. Colts fans just surpassed that list uh, as being the dumbest. They booed Andrew Luck as he was on his way to the locker room because, you know, everyone's on their smartphone, so they all knew about the, uh, the information uh, when word got out. But listen, man. When when you you've taken such a big toll physically, and you can't continue, you're making the right move retiring. And quite honestly, with the way he was booed, uh, leaving the the field, uh, quite honestly, I'd be glad to not have to play for that fan base ever again. Uh, why would you? Given that's how they treated you, uh, essentially, in what was your last moment on the field as a uh, player on the team. Uh, but key point that I just want to say for now, if you're done, you're done. You, you you can't force it any more than what you what you've already dealt with. It's been pretty rough for Andrew Luck. I I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember Zach and I talked about this, and I put out the number of games he's missed in the past few years and the percentage. I mean, he's missed more games than he's played in. I mean, it's been that bad for Andrew Luck, and it's tough. Uh, Final thing I'll say on this, and I've said this so many times and I'll continue to do so, injuries are part of sports in a very unforgiving way. They suck. Uh, I mean, look, a lot of people are, Patrick Mahomes at one point in this preseason game, he had that weird thing where he was running around in the in the uh, backfield and then he found a hole, he slid, uh, dove head first and got hit and fans were panicking saying, you know, save that for the regular season, but look. It doesn't matter when you get hurt. If you get hurt late in the in, in December when you... Kind of like Derek Carr's injury. When the Raiders were on their way to winning the AFC West, but Derek Carr's injury allowed the Chiefs to come back that year. I mean, that's that's terrible timing. And who knows what, what the Raiders could have done that year with Derek Carr, who was having an MVP type of season. Or, uh, you know, if you suffer an injury in the preseason or early in the year... Uh, injuries suck no matter the time of year when, when it all happens, uh, everyone hates them. Everybody hates them and it sucks, man. And I think he just made the right, right call, giving up $58 million and you know, the money's great, but is it, is it all worth it in the end? No, not so much. So we'll talk about, uh, Andrew Luck a little bit more later this week. I want to focus, uh, the rest of the podcast on the Chiefs. And this game against the 49ers, some good and some bad from this game. This was the dress rehearsal, if you would, but not your typical dress rehearsal because the Chiefs starters did not play uh, in this game the entire game. I know last week against the Steelers, the anticipation was that uh, we would see the Chiefs starters play for the whole first half. Now, I think the... Field conditions and the weather delay maybe put a damper on that plan, so that's certainly understandable. I remember going into week one preseason game against the Bengals, Andy Reid did an interview on Sirius XM saying that Patrick Mahomes will play the entire first quarter. Did not end up being the case. Uh, you know, sometimes you have a plan, but, you know, as they say uh, a lot of times on uh, pro wrestling events and uh, MMA events, boxing events, cards subject to change, you know, you don't have to stick to your game plan. You can always 
reroute and adjust things when you need to. And uh, at certain points, uh, Andy Reid probably felt like he saw enough from Patrick Mahomes in those games and just wanted to move on and let Chad Henney or the other backups take over. Uh, and part of it is, you know, injury. Uh, and, and a lot of people talked about Marcus Kemp and what happened to him last week against the Steelers. And, you know, if that forced the Chiefs to be a little bit ca- uh, more cautious with Mahomes and the rest of their starters, because there are so many guys on this football team that you really want to protect and, and you don't really need to see much of. Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, uh, Sammy Watkins, you know what you're getting from those guys. So why put them out there? Uh, for so long in a preseason game. In fact, uh, as I'm recording this, uh, I'm watching the Seahawks and Chargers game. Uh, it's late in the second quarter. The Chargers starters are already off the field. Uh, Phillip Rivers is not in. Generally in these dress rehearsal games, the starters are playing all the way into the second half. They play the entire first half and then they play a drive uh, in the uh, third quarter. So... This is one of those situations where, you know, you you just want to be very protective. And the Chargers know that they're going to be competing quite a bit with the Chiefs this year. It's not going to be easy trying to dethrone the Chiefs, who've won the AFC West three years in a row with multiple quarterbacks, two different quarterbacks. Uh, And given the type of season Mahomes had and the offense that the Chiefs have right now, uh, you got to make sure you have all hands on deck, especially if you're not going to have Melvin Gordon. Make sure your quarterback, Phillip Rivers, is at least healthy and ready to go because you can, I mean, there's little room for error for a team like the Chargers who are going to be the biggest threat for the Chiefs in the division. So here you are, you're seeing other teams maybe be a little overprotective and not want to risk anything that they don't need to see. Let's be honest, man. If you're a Chiefs fan right now, do you truly need to see anything from Patrick Mahomes in this preseason? No. Last year's preseason, yeah, we needed to see Mahomes. There were a lot of things that the Chiefs coaching staff needed to see from Mahomes in uh, these preseason games. And we saw Mahomes quite a lot in last year's games. This year, we're not seeing him as much because you don't need to. And what did I say at the beginning of the preseason? I said, I'm going to keep an eye on the Patriots and see how they use Tom Brady in the preseason. Tom Brady did not play in the first two preseason games. And in week three's preseason game, I can't remember who they played. Uh, I want to say it's the Panthers, but I not the uh, main focus here. But uh, he didn't play a whole lot in that football game. Why? Because you don't need to see Tom Brady for very clearly obvious reasons. And Patrick Mahomes is going to get to the point where... Listen, Andy Reid might just play him for a drive in next year's preseason game uh, games, and then eventually it's going to get to the point where you're only going to see Mahomes for one or two preseason games. Because, and I, I'll say this, I, I brought this up earlier this preseason. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just me. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure, but a lot of these defenses that the Chiefs have been going up against, the Bengals, uh, the 49ers, they've been uh, pretty rough on the Chiefs' offense. Any opportunity they can get to have one of those rough tackles, and I'm not talking about, you know, I mean, we see a lot of tackles in the sport, obviously, but sometimes you see defenders make a harder, more physical tackle than they usually do, and I've been seeing that quite a lot against the Chiefs this preseason. And and you know what, man? Uh, The Chiefs are a great football team. Uh, they've got a target on their backs. I remember when Tom Brady uh, w- was dealing with that injury in 2008. 
uh, which in which he eventually he uh, tore his ACL against the Chiefs uh, in that game, which of course brought out Matt Castle. I remember so much talk came out from the media that week leading up to that week one game against the Patriots. And people kept saying that, you know, Gunther Cunningham is probably telling his defense, hey, Brady's on 100%. You know, sure, the the intent is to always go 100%, but let's, uh, let's go a little more than 100%. Let's put 110% in this one because, number one, it's the Patriots, a team that you always want to look good against because you know it'll build a lot of confidence if you can... Come away with a big upset there in that game. And number two, he's hurt. And if you if you can do anything to get him out of the game, and I'm not saying you want to intentionally hurt him, but let's be honest, uh, I think that was something that a lot of people were wondering. Would Tom Brady suffer an injury against the Chiefs? Because that was an odd year. I still remember that. Coming off that uh, path where they almost went 19-0 and... Uh, Brady did not play the entire preseason the following year, and it was all talks because of some sort of foot injury, and it ended up hurting him again in the, um, in the in week one against the Chiefs. My point is, you can't sit here and convince me that the Chiefs, they just had a chip on their shoulders going into that game, especially the defense. Because, number one, it's the Patriots. You don't want to get embarrassed by them. You want to pull off that big upset. And number two, when you know that their best player is dealing with an injury, yeah, you want to bring it a little bit more because you know they're not 100% and you've got to do everything possible to try to uh, pull off that upset. If they're dealing with an injury, use it uh, against them. Uh, you know, Never apologize that there is an opportunity for you to use something uh, to their own advantage. My point is, I'm seeing that with the Chiefs this preseason where these opposing defenses, they're uh, the, if they get an opportunity to hit Mahomes, uh, sack Mahomes a little harder than they would any other quarterback, they'll do it. I'm seeing, I saw uh, Sammy Watkins against the Bengals. I'm, I, they, they tried to rough him up pretty hard in that uh, in that game. Uh, saw a little bit uh, on Damian Williams in this game against the 49ers. So, you're seeing some of that with the Chiefs. The Chiefs have a target on their backs. And I know fans may not like it. They'll say it's classless, it's targeting, you know, say whatever. But uh, when you're a great team, you are going to have a target on your back. Uh, I've made it very clear. I'm a huge MMA fan. I'm a huge UFC fan. I think this is a great example. Look at, a, look at some of the uh, notable fighters today. Uh, fighters like uh, Conor McGregor, and I know Conor McGregor is not very active, but anytime someone's got a chance to go up against McGregor, first off, they know it's big recognition for them. It's the most recognition uh, they're ever going to receive in their fight careers because they're facing McGregor, and yeah, they want that notoriety and that uh, boost on their resume that they beat McGregor, so they're going to bring it a little bit more. And McGregor has a big target on his back because of what he's accomplished up to this point in his career. Ronda Rousey, she was defeating fighters in less than 60 seconds, 30 seconds, 20 seconds. Hey, some of them, maybe a couple of them in 10 seconds. Uh, And you know that every time someone had an opportunity to fight Ronda Rousey, they would bring it and they wanted to do everything possible to prevent that upset. 
because it's Ronda. You want to be known as someone that, that beat Ronda. Uh, eventually, Holly Holm had that honor of dethroning Ronda Rousey. So you 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 get that in sports sometimes. When you're the best team in your sport, uh, fan, fans are going to hate you. And when their favorite team is going to play you, they're going to circle that uh, on the schedule, on the calendar. And as players, you're going to bring it a little bit more than you usually do. That's just the na- that's just human nature sometimes. Uh, people might say, hey, look, why why don't these players play that way every single game? Look, it's human nature, man. Uh you know, if you are getting called in for a pretty big uh, job interview with the dream company, you know, you're going to put more effort in that, uh, in the preparation for that job interview than you would for past job interviews that you've ever had. That's just the way it works sometimes. So I just wanted to get that out of the way because I, I've noticed that with the Chiefs this preseason. That's kind of irritated me a little bit, but I've come to the realization that, look, if the Chiefs were not a good football team, then we would not be having this conversation right now. Maybe you hate that. Uh, Maybe you don't mind it. You're kind of like me, and you say, hey, look, it's what happens when you're a great team. You are going to have a big target on your back. Uh, Let's start with the defense, since they were on the field first. They struggled on what was an 11-play drive that went for 48 yards and lasted 5 minutes and 5 seconds. But on the last two plays, Kansas City's defense did step up. Uh, Kansas City's defensive line with a big run stuff on 3rd and 2. And then on the next play on 4th and 1, on a play-action pass, uh, or at least what the 49ers were hoping would have been a better pass, uh, Chris Jones swats Jimmy Garoppolo's pass, forcing a turnover on downs, and in 3 plays... After that, Patrick Mahomes with a soft touch on a wheel route to Damian Williams for 62 yards. Williams uh, already beat one defender who he had torched. And then he makes a great cut to the inside to take it to the house. Very cool play. And I know it's been uh, played a couple of times uh, by the national media. It's been shared on social media quite a bit. So it was very cool to see the Chiefs come away with one of those uh, big plays of 60-plus yards uh and it was a Damian Williams, who you probably expected from the Lee. So it was good to see him getting involved a little bit. You, you know, you keep wondering, you know, how is this team going to move forward without Kareem Hunt? Well, I, I you saw that in this preseason game. You you saw Damian Williams, and I know he doesn't get talked about a whole lot, but he had a very significant performance in that AFC Championship game. It doesn't get talked about as much, but he got into the end zone a couple of times against the Patriots and. That's the type of player that you want to move forward with. I know this is a running back by committee, uh, although I swear Eric Bieniemy did say uh, earlier in, in the offseason during OTAs that it is his job to lose. So not exactly sure what the Chiefs' mindset is with their um, with their running back situation, but I, I do think Damian Williams is the main guy, and that's the uh, player who I think is going to excel under Andy Reid's offense, as I think any running back would, but I think Damian Williams is the right guy to be the starter and to be the primary running back uh, to get the most touches out of all the other running backs on this football team. I'll get to the running backs in a moment because there was something uh, that you may have missed, and it's definitely worth noting regarding the running backs. I'll get into that a little bit later, but I want to go back to the defense because once the 49ers got the ball back, they definitely recovered and made up for that previous drive uh, where they were unable to come away with points. And in that drive, uh, we saw more of the 49ers wide receivers 
finding ways to create separation with Chiefs cornerbacks Charvarius Ward and Reggie Ragland. Uh, they had one big mishap uh, on the touchdown play where Charvarius Ward was following his receiver on a short route. And in doing so, he collided with Reggie Ragland. And because of that collision that took place and what looked like it was a uh, defensive play where it was man-to-man, uh, that allowed uh, the receiver for the 49ers to get wide open and basically go all the way to the end zone, uh, making a big catch. Juan Thornhill tried to save that play, but was uh, it was already a lost cause. Uh, pretty much the only hope you had at that point was for a dropped pass, and obviously that was not the case. So, uh, look, we, we saw the uh, Chiefs' uh, defense uh, against the Bengals. Did not look good, and I'll get back to them a little bit later. I, I do want to... Uh, wrap things up with the offense here because there are a few things uh, worth noting with the offense Patrick Mahomes looked like uh, he, he was in playoff form once again uh, so actually had a similar game to what he had in week one he started the game eight for eight this game eight for eight in week one he he went five for five on just the one drive that he played in uh, five for five and helping the Chiefs get to the end zone in this game he started eight for eight 126 yards and a touchdown. He and Tyreek Hill made things look really easy. They connected three times for 31 yards. One catch and 14 yards for Sammy Watkins. Travis Kelsey did play but was not targeted in this football game. Uh, Damian Williams did suffer an injury. Did not appear to be too serious. He did uh, leave the uh, the game. And when he did, uh, we saw more of Daryl Williams. And we saw more of Darwin Thompson with the first team offense. We did not see Carlos Hyde. Until the second half. By the way, Patrick Mahomes' first incompletion of the game came at the 13:37 mark in the second quarter, which is worth noting. He did have a pass to Darwin Thompson, but Thompson was already out of bounds. Uh, he was trying to make a a small play out of nothing, and then on the next uh, pass, he threw a pass to Blake Bell, who uh, dropped the pass. Uh, and I'll get to Blake Bell in a moment. But uh, as far as Mahomes, I mean, very similar game to what he had in week one. Nearly perfect. And you saw him hardly make a mistake in this football game. I'd say the only complaint I have uh, with Mahomes in this football game was the fact that, you know, he tried to uh, do too much on that last play that we saw from him where he was running around in the backfield uh, to escape pass archers, which was awesome. But. Uh, when he dove head first and that uh, defender for the, uh, I believe it was a cornerback for the 49ers who uh, delivered a pretty pretty hard shot. Uh, I don't think it was cheap or dirty or anything like that, but uh, it was legal. No flag was thrown. Uh, look, you, you just don't need to risk that. You just don't. There's never any need to do that. Whether it's in the regular season, preseason, uh, unless it's a Super Bowl, Super Bowl and you're trying to get into the end zone, that's the only time I might be for that. But uh, I, I, I don't want to see Mahomes try to do too much on uh, on certain things. Look, this offense has plenty of options. If they don't get a first down on uh, on a second down play, look, I, I have confidence that they can do it on third down uh, on a third and short if Mahomes uh, is short of being able to pass the uh, first down marker uh, because you have so many options uh, on this offense in which, you know, NFL head coaches have thick playbooks. They do. And given what you have on this offense on paper, I'm sure there are a lot of plays you can come up with to go out there and get a first down on the next play. So you have all of that with your offense. It's not like you 
uh, have, you know, nothing to work with on your offense and you're forced to make all these plays. You'd have no need for that if you are Patrick Mahomes. So that was the Chiefs' first team offense. Uh, And I mentioned uh, Damian Williams, Daryl Williams, Darwin Thompson, they all took uh, snaps with the first team offense. Carlos Hyde didn't. Carlos Hyde did not. Um, by the way, it's worth noting, and I don't, I don't want to talk too much about the backups because, I mean, look, what are you going to say about this? Especially considering the fact that the Chiefs backups did play quite a bit against the 49ers starters. Uh, and obviously the Chiefs don't need to see much from their starters, yet the 49ers, they, I mean, there's a lot they need to figure out. So Jimmy Garoppolo played a lot more than Patrick Mahomes because... We know what we're getting from Mahomes. With Garoppolo, there's a lot that he needs to prove to his team. So with what you're seeing right now, starting offense, pretty good. Uh, The backups for the Chiefs, both the offense and the defense, didn't look great. But when you have to consider the fact that they did play a lot against the 49ers starters, they they were pretty competitive. They didn't let the 49ers go crazy and light up the scoreboard. Uh, like a starting team should be able to do against backups. Funny story, uh, when I was covering the Kansas Jayhawks, um, uh, they had the uh, spring game one year. And I think this was Charlie Weiss's second spring game with the program. So it was the starters versus the backups. And there was a plan where, you know, you were anticipating your starters to score a bunch of points on your backups. And without telling the players, the plan was to flip the score at halftime. Now, because of the age we're in with social media, the players actually knew that because everyone in the media was tweeting the, the rules of the spring game. So the the football players al- already knew what that plan was. And then, uh, funny enough, and I don't know if this was intentional or what, it actually turned out that KU's backups actually outscored KU starters by a score of seven to three, and so as you can imagine, they actually broke their own rule and they did not flip the score. But it's KU football. Uh, I don't think it would matter if you flip that score or not. But uh, nonetheless, uh, in most cases, you will see starting teams, starting football teams, be able to outplay backups in the NFL. Uh, I know last preseason we saw a little bit of the opposite with that. But that was because I think it had a lot to do with the fact that the Chiefs were trying to learn what they were going to get from Patrick Mahomes. So we didn't see uh, all these spectacular plays in the preseason like we did in the regular season because the Chiefs were probably testing out a lot of things with Mahomes when they played uh, the Bears backups and the Falcons backups when the Chiefs starters were on the field a bit more than uh, some of the opposing team starters. Um. Again, it's a preseason. You can't go too crazy for uh, for some of that stuff. Uh, let me just say this. Because this preseason, uh, I did have some expectations uh, from guys like Byron Pringle. He has not had a, a, a busy preseason. And I don't know if I would consider that a good thing. He did have the touchdown on the reverse handoff. But, you know, that's great. Don't get me wrong. It's nice that he got the touchdown and got the, to the end zone. But... Just about any wide receiver on this football team could have done the same exact thing on that play. Just about every wide receiver on this football team has that great speed and could have done exactly what Byron Pringle did. 
Um, so I don't know if Byron Pringle doing that did anything to impress me necessarily. Blake Bell, I was really excited when the Chiefs signed Blake Bell and brought him to Kansas City. I have not been very pleased with his preseason performance, as I'm sure I echo the thoughts of many Chiefs fans. Uh, he's had a very disappointing preseason. He had a couple of catches in this game, but he's been known more so for his drops this preseason. Also something I've been disappointed with, the Chiefs defense, and more specifically, the secondary. They're allowing way too many plays uh, in which receivers are getting open, uh, and we're talking wide open. We saw that in this game several times, especially in the first half when the starters were on the field, and we also saw that against the Bengals uh, when they had their starters as well. Uh, Forget about week two. Roethlisberger didn't play in week two, so uh, that isn't a preseason game that you can really... Uh, use as your hypothesis when talking about this defense moving forward. Now, again, I, I will say it's a preseason. I get it. People don't want to panic so much. But at the same time, look, uh, we can't have it both ways. We can't sit here and be excited for preseason plays and then when things go wrong say, hey, it's a preseason. Uh, we can't just have it both ways. Uh, I've never been that kind of fan. So, uh, you know, I'd like to be consistent with all of that. Uh, so the Chiefs defense, listen, I'll say this, yeah, they, they haven't been doing very good, the, the starting defense that is, I won't hit the panic button now, uh, though I will say if they were out there making a lot of plays, I'd be, I'd be pretty damn excited, uh, I suppose we don't need to hit the panic button until week one, I'll say this right now, I know the Jaguars are, are under a brand new offense with, Nick Foles coming in, but I'm not going to put it out of the realm of possibilities that Nick Foles could have a very good game against this Chiefs defense. Because as of right now, man, I'm not seeing anything where I can look at week one and say the Chiefs are going to have a one-sided game. I think it's going to be a very close game against the Jaguars. Just just very early prediction. Obviously, we'll have a more concrete breakdown uh, in the lead-up uh, the, uh, the week going into that game. Uh, but as of right now, I, I, I'm not too confident with this uh, Chiefs defense. And I'd be curious to know where a lot of you guys stand on that. Uh, Sorensen uh, didn't look good in the uh, first quarter with the starters. Uh, had a couple of missed tackles there, but he did a better job with the number twos. And let me just say this. I, I've said this about Sorensen many times, and I'll say it again, where I think that with Sorensen, this is a football player as a safety, does a better job coming in. Uh, in rotation versus being the starter. And I know he's seen a lot of starts in the past couple of years because we've only seen Eric Berry for three regular season games. So Dan Sorensen has played a lot more than maybe we've expected. And I think, you know, given his skill set, I think he's done a a pretty good job, better than I would have expected. Uh, I know Sorensen is a guy who I was not impressed with in his preseason in 2014, his rookie year, and he's come a really long way as a safety. I think he's... Uh, I think he's a good safety, not a great safety, but I think he's a good safety that can provide depth on a defense. I think that is what he is best uh, for on an NFL defense. Uh, ben Neiman uh, for the Chiefs. Uh, I know he's looked really good uh, this preseason. It looked really good last preseason too, and that's uh, helped him earn a spot with the Chiefs uh, last year and maybe hoping to do that again. This year. Uh, One thing going back to the offense that I do want to note. Two offensive pass interference calls. Uh, One on, I believe the first one was on Hardman. And the second one was on Demarcus Robinson. So 
That is something the Chiefs definitely need to work on. The Robinson one, uh, I've got to say, Trent Green, he saw that coming from a mile away, even before the uh, referee made the call. Uh, and on the replay, yeah, I, I kind of questioned that. Uh, wasn't really sure if that warranted a penalty, but uh, it's one of those things where even the slightest touch, it may look close, uh, depending on the angle from these referees, but if they see that kind of thing right there, again, even the slightest touch, they will throw the yellow flag and uh, make that call. Uh, one other thing that I've been kind of disappointed with this preseason, uh, the special teams return game. Uh, that's been absent from this preseason for the Chiefs. Big plays on special teams for return specialists. We usually see a couple of big plays from an individual or two every preseason and that's typical because you have Dave Tobe as your special teams coordinator. Last year in 2018, Tyreek Hill took his very first punt return all the way back to the house against the Chargers. In fact, that was the first time the Chiefs possessed the football. Uh, they started on defense, forced a three and out, and when the Chargers punted, Tyreek Hill got the football and took it all the way back. So the Patrick Mahomes era, if you would, was delayed a couple of more minutes because Tyreek Hill Got that punt return touchdown. But that was the only time we saw the Chiefs score a touchdown on special teams last year. Now, yes, Tremont Smith did have two big kick returns. One of them very close uh, to getting to the end zone. And we also saw D'Anthony Thomas in week two. He came very close to taking a punt return back to the end zone against the Steelers. And coincidentally came back to the Chiefs this week. Uh, but we haven't seen any big plays on special teams. Uh... Again, I, I don't know what Tremont Smith's odds are of uh, making this football team right now. He hasn't had a lot of activity this uh, this preseason. Uh, you know, I, I was excited to see him going from defense to offense, given his ability as a as a return man. Uh, but we haven't seen much of that from him. So. I don't know if I like his chances of making this football team, uh, especially considering you have a lot of good options at running back and you also have some good options uh, on special teams. And I know I've been a little critical of special teams just now, but it's not like Traymond Smith is the end-all be-all, uh, whether you have him or not with the um, with your special teams unit. Uh, maybe they put DeAnthony Thomas back at kick return because uh, they know he's capable of doing that. He's done it for the Chiefs before. You know, I've got to say, uh, right now, I don't know who Kansas City's number one kick returner and punt returner will be going into Jacksonville. That's one thing that I'm curious to see uh, on the depth chart once it comes out after the 53-man roster cut. That'll be interesting to see. Let me know your thoughts on anything I discussed on this episode. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian. Twitter.com slash Farzine 213 The voicemail slash text line. Uh, a lot to really go over in this game. This was the uh, big dress rehearsal for the Chiefs. So it's unlikely we see Patrick Mahomes this Thursday in the final preseason game. So let me know your thoughts on anything from this preseason game. We're going to do our closing segments as well this week, and obviously a lot to talk about. We'll talk a little bit more about Andrew Luck and the big news of him retiring from the NFL after seven seasons. Some interesting facts right there. By the way, uh, I don't think I mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast when I talked about Andrew Luck. 
it appears that, that now that since he's retired, his last uh, NFL game was at Arrowhead. That playoff game between the Chiefs and the Colts. Obviously, that was the game where the Chiefs snapped their uh, their home uh, postseason drought right there. So uh, it's a it's a surprise for sure. Uh, but Andrew Luck doing the right thing. We'll talk about that a little bit more this week and much more. Once again, I'm Farzi Masugian. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean, and share the links as well. I'm on social media. Interact with me. Uh, leave us a voicemail. Uh, send us a text, and we'll play your calls or read your text later this week. Zach should be back as well later this week, and we will talk about that last preseason game. What uh, should we expect in that final game, and who do we think will make that big push for a roster spot. All of that and much more later this week. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'm Farzee Vasugian. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast.